Welcome to Tech Connect, a podcast that will introduce you to Arizona's most innovative individuals and creative minds. Brought to you by the Arizona Technology Council and powered by Coplex. Our sponsor, Coplex, is an expert team of startup creators located in Phoenix, Arizona. Ranked top seven startup accelerator, Coplex helps non-coding industry experts start successful tech companies and get them to venture ready in as little as nine months. Hello, AZ Tech community, and welcome to the Tech Connect podcast. In today's episode, we are joined by Zach Ferris, CEO of Coplex, a top seven startup accelerator that helps non-coding industry experts start successful tech companies. Zach is also joined by two current participants of Coplex program, two startup founders, Jamie Baxter of Quick and Megan Kuhn of Prism. Both ventures feature mobile applications offering on-demand services, with Quick in the food and beverage space and Prism in personal coaching. We will get more into both of your organizations later, Jamie and Megan, but let's start with you, Zach, and Coplex. First, can you share a little bit about Coplex, maybe explain the model and what differentiates you from other accelerators? Certainly. Thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to be on the show today. Um, and I wanted to mention too, just on the, on the on-demand services side of things, Mary Meeker just came out with her internet trends report and she actually reported that there were uh, there was actually a three times faster workforce growth uh, in on-demand services than in traditional workforce last year. So it's like, it's a really cool time to be in that, in that business. So I'm really excited that we have Jamie and Megan to talk a little more today on that. Uh, but a little bit about Coplex. So as mentioned, we're, uh, we, we help industry experts start new technology companies and we've shaped a nine month program specifically around the needs of those, those founders. So unlike a lot of the other accelerators around the country and around the world, uh, many that you might have heard of, like Techstars and Y Combinator and 500 Startups, uh, we focus on a little bit of a different type of founder. So our founders are typically um, a little bit more seasoned in their industry, and they've been around the block a few times, and they're trying to solve problems in spaces that they actually know very well. Uh, so our founders tend not to be coders, like many of the founders in YC, Techstars, and 500 Startups. And um, instead, they're they're looking to bring a different a different blend of experiences in to help them start a new a new technology company. Very cool. So you have to have very minimal tech expertise to to start in your program. Yeah, you know, a little bit of tech expertise is is fine. I think the focus is just on um, an industry experience and industry expertise. That's really what we uh, what we thrive on. Very cool. And for those of us who are a little bit less familiar with the startup world, can you explain the difference between an accelerator and an incubator? Oh, the, the much asked question. Um, the, everyone sort of has their own definition. So it really just depends on who you ask. Both are relatively new business models. They've been around for maybe 20, 15 to 20 years at this point. So relative to a lot of the other business models that you've seen in, in use, um, these are relatively new. So the definitions are a little bit blurry. Really, the, the, the way we define an incubator versus an accelerator is based on stage. So when I think of an incubator, it's really about sort of getting to the idea stage with a new concept, um, kind of shaping a business model, a rough business model around an idea. So I see it as a little bit of an earlier stage in the process, whereas acceleration is typically about how do we take a new concept, 
commercialize it, get it to early traction revenue and get it to the point where it's actually fundable. Awesome. So in kind of a general sense, incubation is is perfect for um, startups who are in the first phase and maybe the acceleration phase is more for that that scaling goal. Um, okay, that's a great way to push put it and it makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. So how did you come up with this specific accelerator model? Yeah, so Copex has actually been around for a little while. Uh, we've been around for 18 years. The company was started in Los Angeles in 2000. Um, spent about 12 to 13 years being what would many, what many would consider to be a product development studio. So a boutique product development studio that actually worked with a lot of corporate innovation type projects as well as helped uh, startups of all shapes and sizes get started and bring their new products and concepts to market. Um, so it really started as more of a studio agency model. And then in 2014 is really when we decided to do double down on this niche of industry experts in technology and move away from a project-based agency model to a structured nine-month program that's intentionally designed to take new founders that are industry experts from idea to, to venture ready. So it's, uh, it's evolved. I'm skipping a few steps in between there. We've definitely mm-hmm. fallen on our face a few times in the journey to figure out our own model. Um, but really, since 2014, um, early 15, we've been focused on this niche that we are today. Awesome. And I think I would certainly um, say that you'd hit your stride. So I think that I love what you guys are doing. And I know that you've been a huge asset to the Phoenix startup community. It's been a lot of fun being here. Phoenix has been really supportive in everything that we've done. All right, let's talk about the lean startup approach. Maybe tell us a little bit about what it is and why you believe in it. Sure. So lean startup is all about the reduction of waste in the process of bringing a new startup concept to market. Uh, So a lot of people that are listening might be familiar with Six Sigma Lean and lean manufacturing. And uh, those are also processes that are very focused on the reduction of waste um, I think the, the different the different way to think about lean startup versus lean manufacturing is lean manufacturing is all about kind of optimizing an existing process that's building a widget already and reducing waste in the process of building that widget. Whereas the lean startup mm-hmm. is really about reducing the waste in the process of figuring out what widget to build and why to build that particular widget. So you can optimize the build process all you want, but if you're building something that nobody cares about or no one will buy, it doesn't really matter. So by combining kind of the, some of the tricks from the lean manufacturing process with some of the tricks from the lean startup process, we're able to optimize both the process to find out what to build and then optimize the process of actually building it once you know that the consumers want to buy it. So it's um, it's really based on this methodology of uh, kind of applying, if, if you guys remember from chemistry class in, in high school, we learned about the scientific method. Uh, and really at the core of the Lean Startup mm-hmm. is about applying this scientific method process or defining a hypothesis, going and testing it with an experiment and learning from the results and iterating that process is um, is really being applied to building new startup companies. Very cool. Being all about being intentional and efficient. Mm-hmm. I love it. Cool. All right, Jamie and Megan, the stage is yours. Jamie, let's start with you. Can you tell us a little bit about Quick? Absolutely. Thanks for having me today. Um, so at Quick, what we do is on-demand staffing for food and beverage. The way it works is workers sign up on our platform. 
and they tell us about what type of work experience they have and when they're available to work. And then when a business needs extra people, they post a shift on our site and we send out a notification to everyone that matches that criteria. So um, it might be a hotel that's running a big event and they need extra bartenders for this event. So they say they need 10 bartenders tomorrow night. We send out notifications to the people that match that criteria. We have a five-star rating system. So we start out at the top at five stars and then go to 4.9 and 4.8 and go down the list. Um, they Workers accept whatever shifts they want to work, a clock in and clock out with their technology, and then we pay the worker immediately after each shift. Uh, when the shift's over, the uh, worker rates the business and the business rates the worker, and then the whole process starts over again. Yeah, that's really cool. Um, I, I hadn't heard about anything like this before when I was, you know, doing some research for this podcast and it reminded me a little bit like, a, you know, Uber or Lyft for, for the food and beverage industry. It's really interesting. That's exactly so, what it is. Very cool. Awesome. So keeping with Jamie, um, you know, I've heard a lot of people in the entrepreneurial circles say that a lot of founders kind of have that light bulb moment, maybe an unconventional place is when you might least expect it. What were you doing when you came up with your startup idea? So it actually came up um, when my brother-in-law was out at my home in San Diego, where I I lived before moving to Phoenix uh, last October. And we were just chatting uh, about uh, some problems that he faced in uh, the hotels that he owns here in Phoenix and talking about the challenges of running a hotel and uh, depending upon labor to have successful events and to keep your guest satisfaction scores high, but not always being able to depend upon that labor. Uh, sometimes you get call outs and people just don't show up, uh, high turnover. And so he's constantly using temporary staffing agencies to fill these gaps and uh, ensure that he can bring in the revenue that he's uh, he's booked. But the problem was that he was constantly facing issues with uh, the staffing agencies, not sending people over that they committed to send, um, not having any type of a rating system that could ensure that they were actually sending good people. And on top of that, they were charging just exorbitant fees. So uh, typically charging somewhere between 40 to 100% markup on top of whatever the worker was getting paid, which when you have to pay that type of money to get your workforce to run an event, you're actually losing out on a lot of the profit. So we were talking about that and talking about my HR technology experience and thought that we could solve a problem that he was facing in his hotels and uh, disrupt the staffing industry. Very cool. All right, Megan. Can you tell us first a little bit about PRISM and then maybe share the story of your aha moment? Sure. Well, thanks so much for having me on today to talk about PRISM. Uh, This is great. Um, So PRISM is an on-demand business and life coaching service. So we make it easy for people to afford and access top business and life coaches that they normally wouldn't have easy or affordable access to. Um, You sort of mentioned it before. It sounds like Uber, and that's a little bit uh, our our model as well. It's just we have uh, coaches and conversations instead of drivers and taxis. Um, so what we've done is we've, um, we're achieving this by creating a marketplace of coaches for clients and clients for coaches. There's, um, uh, a lot of pain point on the coach end of things in business, um, to recruit coaches, retain coaches. Um, so a, a dual sided marketplace really sort of satisf- satisfies the needs of both sides. 
Um, and we leverage technology to connect them instantly and confidentially. So we have a um, proprietary call routing system that connects um, phone calls when a client calls through. Um, our overall premise is $50 for 30 minutes and there's no plans or subscriptions. So the idea is you pay as you go. And one day that may mean that someone calls about a relationship and the next week they may call to practice asking their boss for a raise. Um, and for those who don't aren't familiar with coaching, um, coaching is this really uh, very unique kind of conversation that offers an unbiased and solution-based and very empowering conversation that people don't usually get anywhere else in their lives. Um, and it's just this really incredible tool that goes largely untapped by the masses, especially outside the corporate realm. So PRISM changes that. Yeah, I really love that you're kind of opening up this whole new world of accessibility to coaching. Um, I think that people tend to see it as something like you mentioned a little bit, that's maybe only for executives or it's only when you have a huge, huge problem that you need to be facing when, when really, you know, you, it could be about how you're going to be talking to your coworker about something, you know, important and being able to easily access that I think is, is really wonderful. Thank you. Well, you got it. That's the idea. And, and the idea also that you don't need to work with someone for six months to work sort of through the daily challenges that life gives us every day. Yeah, I love that. All right. And then how, how about you and um, where were you and what were you doing when you had your aha moment? <laughs> well, I wish this was a, um, a, a, a better story, but it was certainly a very empowering story. Um, it's, it's very personal, actually, and it goes back to thir- 2013 in Miami, where I was living at the time that um, my daughter and I almost died in a very rare complication at birth. Oh, my um, I was rushed off to the ICU. She was rushed off to the NICU. Uh, we were told, my husband and I were told later that night that she was not expected to live and that if she did um, make it past 48 hours, she would be severely brain damaged. Um, two months later, she stayed in a coma um, and um, we were living in the NICU as NICU parents, um, totally unprepared for this. Um, you know, in general, people, we don't get prepared for life in school or anywhere else. And certainly nothing prepares you for something like this. Um, you know, normal outlets, family and friends were too wrapped up in our drama to really help us emotionally. Um, other people offered therapy so that we could get out our emotions and thoughts, but this wasn't really a mental or behavioral problem. It was just life. Um, and I really needed to honestly process my feelings and stay strong in dealing with constantly changing medical staff, uh, making sure that my marriage survived this, um, everything you can imagine involved in all of this. Um, so I knew I needed a coach and I knew lots of them at the time, but I didn't find it easy to access anyone who I didn't know for that truly unbiased conversation. Um, just as an update, my daughter's okay. She just turned five. So it all worked out well. <laughs> um, but she's, she's the true reason why, um, why prison exists. Oh, very well, not a cool story, but, but yeah, it's always nice when, you know, you kind of had the personal experience and understand how it's going to be helpful for others. So thank you so much for sharing that. Mm-hmm, absolutely. All right. Um, maybe Zach will start with you and then, and then Megan and Jamie will come back to you on this question. So can you, um, Zach, can you give us a bit of a background on what led you to come up with your idea, maybe what past experiences or positions that you held? Sure. Yeah. 
So I, I can't take all the credit for it. Um, Ilya started the company back in 2000. So he's my, uh, my business partner, former business partner here at Coplex. Um, he started the company when uh, kind of the early days of the, of the internet, really, when he, uh, he found a way to get companies ranked in Google. So kind of at the very beginning of search engine optimization. And Ilya was able to um, he was actually living in Florida at the time, not too far from Megan. And uh, he was mm-hmm. able to, uh, to optimize his website and get leads for web design projects in Florida. And he um, realized after graduating from Florida State that he didn't want to stay in Florida. He wanted to live in L.A. So he decided to build a landing page called Cyplex at the time, C-I-P-L-E-X, and um, almost fake mm. the fact that he was in Los Angeles and then focus on a lead generation effort in L.A. So he quickly ranked the website number one for L.A. web design, got enough clients in L.A. that when he graduate, he when he graduated college, he perfectly timed the move to end up in Los Angeles. So uh, he built the company there in L.A. And then uh, when I got involved in 2012, I came in as an interim CEO. And the goal was really to focus in the company uh, and sort of break through this four to $5 million revenue plateau that the company had hit for a few years. And we kind of got to the point where we were trying to be everything for everyone. And we needed to focus on one thing and do it really well to sort of bust through the growth curve. Um, So we honestly spent two years suffering miserably trying to figure out what that thing would be. And then uh, it was really in kind of 13, 14 that we started looking back through a lot of the, the startups that we helped to build and very quickly realized first uh, that the age of the founders was a little off the stereotypical persona of a startup founder. Um, so we noticed that the ones that were actually going on to be successful, these weren't 25-year-old coders in San Francisco, but rather they were um, in their 40s and they were industry experts living typically outside of San Francisco. And we um, started really unpacking that over you know, over the course of a couple of years and, and realized that both um, we, you know, these were, these were startups that we could add a lot of value in building, but they were also startups that needed our help really, really badly and getting from idea to market. Um, and then I think the other sort of epiphany moment that we had when we came up with this model was realizing that what we were building for these entrepreneurs was not just an app or a product. It was actually building a company. And that really solidified the the focus for us Hmm. here today at Coplex. Interesting. Got it. Very cool. And how about you, Megan? Um, uh, the background of what led to all of this was I uh, spent 15 years in the ad industry in um, chaotic and, and very high growth environments um, with multiple different types of personalities. And um, I was mainly involved in talent recruitment and development. And so we would sometimes use executive coaches um, and other coaching modalities um, internally to sort of um, uh, train and develop and, and get through. Um, some crisis situations. Um, and so I really saw this power of coaching that was immediate. It was very positive. It was very um, immediate. The shifts happened so quickly and with people that normally nothing else would work with. <laughs> um, so I was just really um, amazed by this tool and uh, it inspired me to go get a coaching certification. So I started using coaching within my job at the time um, and 
there was lots of opportunity since we were working with um, over 50 high growth organizations across a media and advertising network at the time. Um, and um, doing these quick conversations, these quick engagements across the different companies, I really saw that these conversations can happen quickly and shifts can happen very quickly. Um, I, I around then considered striking out on my own as a coach, but the industry for coaches is um, extremely hard. Um, finding clients, uh, retaining clients, um, spending time one-on-one, it just uh, seemed very inefficient to me. And it's a multi-billion dollar industry that's not leveraging technology um, and seemed just very inefficient. So um, with my experience and the tools I had learned and, and being able to see it being used in a professional setting um, and also personally in my own life, um, I, I was really inspired to uh, find a solution to that. Very cool. All right. And Jamie, how about you? What led um, you to come up with your idea, your past experiences or maybe past jobs? Right. Perfect. So um, for the last 18 years uh, before starting Quick, I worked for the largest HR consulting company in the world um, in a variety of different roles. But ultimately, I was helping Fortune 500 companies solve their HR problems through building technology. So I worked on everything from uh, compensation management, compensation analysis, performance management and rating people, um, understanding employee performance and how to get the best out of employees, uh, looking at recruiting strategies and recruiting technologies. Um, And you put all those together, it really is what Quick does. We are in the staffing industry and have built technology in order to rate performer, the performance of the workers, how to attract them and and get them onto our platform and recruit them, uh, but also looking at succession planning and how to get people from one role to another and how to get the right fit for one particular person into one particular job. Um, So all that combined really led us to the HR aspects of uh, Quick and running the teams that I ran. I ran a team of uh, 380 people in my last role. I also hired a lot of people through staffing agencies. So I became very familiar with the staffing industry um, and my working with them and understood where the pain points were. And then the hospitality and food and beverage aspects really came from my brother-in-law, who's a co-founder of the company. And he owns several hotels here in Phoenix. And uh, we really combined his problem and his domain expertise and his team there with my HR technology background to develop what we have with Quick. Very cool. It sounds like all three of you kind of saw an existing issue in your industry and figured out a way to improve it and and make things better. So that's great. All right, Jamie, we'll stick with you. Can you tell us a little bit about your Coplex experience? Yeah, working with Zach and his team at Coplex has been really good. And I'd summarize it in really three different areas. Uh, The first is is speed. The second is keeping it lean. And and the third would be uh, cost effectiveness and and ability to maximize the cost that you're putting to uh, your startup. So on, on the speed side, um, I was actually talking with someone the other night, and it's kind of funny to look back on it and, and reflect on how fast we were able to launch. But we started uh, working with Coplex in January, and we launched our website and MVP in February. So in some of that time was actually doing branding and design. It was actually three weeks of actual development to 
get our MVP up. So the ability to work really fast and get to market and test that you have a viable idea is, is critically important. And Coplex is able to do that with us. Um, also keeping it lean, we, we actually came down to Coplex and one other company that we were looking at uh, out of a lot of companies that we had uh, evaluated to help build out quick. And the other company uh, est- you know, gave us an estimate of what it would take to build our, our full MVP that we wanted. And it was going to take about four to five months to build it out. And granted, they were building out a whole lot more functionality. Um, and it was going to cost $175,000 to build. By going through the Coplex process, we actually were able to look at it and say, how can we do this even leaner? How can we really take that minimum viable product and make it truly a minimum viable product and only get the bare minimum out there to make sure we actually do have a a business that we can create out of this before we go out and invest $175,000 in building this? And we were able to scale that back tremendously. Like I said, we were able to build it in three weeks at not you know, five months. And we also built a website that was going to be there, not just the application. We were able to build all the marketing materials and work on user acquisition, um, but kept it very lean and uh, allowed us to get out there really quickly. Um, and that really goes to the cost factor. You know, we didn't spend $175,000 in those two months and ultimately three weeks of development to test out our idea. Uh, we spent much less than that and, and were able to figure out what we wanted to do next. When you also build out a huge product like we were we were planning on building out and spent that four to five months and building the whole thing out and spend all that money, you end up building a lot of things that you probably don't need or might have changed. And by building it lean and keeping only small, you are able to actually figure out exactly what you need versus what you just think you need. And that's allowed us to be uh, much more efficient and effective in how we go about building the company. So it's been a great experience, and we've learned a lot from the Coplex team. Um, and how to go about building technology as well. Very cool. Yeah, it sounds like you're really taking that lean startup approach, you know, to to heart that you're really being intentional about the decisions and maximizing the cost spend, which I know is extremely important for small businesses, especially just starting out. Very cool. All right, Megan, how about you? Can you tell us a little bit about your Coplex experience? Sure. Well, I think, I mean, Jamie really said it, said it all, um, you know, hitting the trifecta of, of speed and quality and cost. I mean, it's, it's really true. Uh, Coplex does an amazing job with, with that. Um, this seems impossible, but they figure it out somehow. Um, I've, I've been working with them for about nine months and, um, we are so far along. Um, I, I feel like, um, you know, I can come from um, the angle of having spent 15 years in in the ad and um, um, ad and marketing world, and um, having seen so many budgets and what things cost. It's just amazing uh, to Jamie's point what they're able to pull off um, so quickly and for for the cost. It's it's really unbelievable. Um, and I think you know my experience has been really wonderful as as being sort of. Um, being able to be the subject matter expert and not the ad girl. There were so many times prior to finding out about Coplex that I had tried to launch this idea. I mentioned earlier that I came up with this in 2013. It's 2018. So, um, you know, trying to sort of bring people together on my own, having spent 
15 years in the industry was not panning out. Um, and being able to uh, find a team, the entire team with, within Coplex was um, invaluable. Um, so I can just focus on the coaching aspect of everything and not trying to figure out how to build it, who's going to be involved, how to market it. It's nice to take a back seat on all of that. Um, I also would say that um, uh, they've been very patient with me because we started nine months ago um, and and that was right after I had had um, my second child. I'm a mompreneur and we were actually moving our, con- our, our family across country. Um, so they've been very patient with me and um, I just think that that really speaks to uh, their ability to work with founders in any kind of circumstance that they may find themselves in, in building a business. Um, I didn't have to necessarily take time off of work to to do with this side hustle, right? But um, but I am a full time mom, and uh, you know had a lot going on with our move and, and whatnot. And they've they have just the right amount of touch um, to keep things going, um, and, but also give the space for things to happen. So uh, it's been great. Oh, wonderful! And I love that term, mompreneur. I haven't heard that before, so that's awesome. <laughs> and congratulations <laughs> I on your take second for it. I can't. (laughs) Thank you. All right. For the next two questions, let's go in order of Zach, Megan, and Jamie. So what advice, Zach, would you give to a first-time tech founder or even startup founder in general? So, Lauren, I'm going to steal your words for this because you, you actually said it yourself. But I think it's all about getting very intentional about what you build to start. Awesome. How about you, Megan? I have, I have three things. One is you need a team and that's not your cousin or, or former colleague. Ideas and businesses deserve more than nighttime and weekend warriors. Uh, that has been a huge learning for me in working with Coplex. Um, my second recommendation would be get the right team. Make sure that you are going in with the right um, right kind of people um, and certainly the right skills of people. And then thirdly, I would say definitely call Prism regularly because you're going to need a coach. I like it. I like it. And Jamie, how about you? Uh, yeah, so two things. One of them is, is very similar to what Megan said. Uh, it's don't go at it alone. Ha- having a team makes a huge difference. And um you know, working with Coplex took us from, you know, really my, only myself working on this on a full-time basis to an entire t- team of people across, you know, all these different domains of having strengths in all these different areas. And it instantly had like this Im- amazing co-founding team that could help you everything from actual software development to marketing and growth acquisition and UI, UX design and anything and everything, you know, in between. Um, it, it takes a lot more than I think you ever really estimate. And not only having a people that can help you in all those areas, but having brilliant minds that can also help you come up with the ideas to how to execute is, is a huge, huge difference. And then secondly, I would say, if you haven't read the book, The Lean Startup by Eric Ries, uh, I would highly recommend that. It's uh, something that I read um, before starting with Coplex. Just uh, they recommend that I, I read it. And um, after building lots of products, you know, for my last company, uh, you know, I was kind of an entrepreneur, you know, an entrepreneur inside this big organization, and took six different products from concept to revenue uh, with my own teams. Um, 
I could say that, you know, the lean startup gives you really kind of entrepreneurial superpowers. And I, I really wish that I had had those in the past. It would have saved my past company, you know, seriously, at least a couple million dollars by following that process. Yeah, I really like that you guys all kind of talked about teams because something else I've heard is that, you know, being an entrepreneur, especially in the start of your business, can be very isolating. And, you know, sometimes you, like you were saying, you might want to lean on family, but maybe they don't have the right expertise. Um, so I think you're right. Having a team not only to perform the work, but to be there as kind of a support is probably extremely helpful. Absolutely. All right. Um, Zach, back to you. What is one of the biggest lessons you've learned in your startup journey? I'm just going to keep stealing things from other people. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> Megan, I think Megan hit this one. So I, I put uh, – first. so someone mentioned something to me a while back um, that your personal well-being is always the bottleneck to the growth of your startup as a CEO, as an executive. And I think the the lesson there really comes down to you have to take care of yourself. This It's not easy to be an entrepreneur. Um, all things are sort of riding on your shoulders. And there's going to be some incredibly high highs and incredibly low lows. And um, oftentimes your sort of personal sanity becomes the bottleneck. So get a coach, join a CEO roundtable or an executive roundtable, lean on community and resources like AZ Tech Council. Um, and, and build that support network because you're certainly going to need to uh, to make time and personal space for you to, to grow as an individual in order for you to grow a successful company. Wonderful. And how about you, Megan? Zach, good job. <laughs> I'm proud of you. I agree. <laughs> um, I think that some of the biggest lessons is uh, have to do with it takes a lot longer than you think. I mean, I really don't think people come into – entrepreneurial ventures thinking they're going to explode overnight. But I think that um, there is a lesson in being more patient than you think you need to be. It just does really take a lot longer than you think. And especially if you're moving at the speed of light with Coplex, (laughs) it's a lot faster than for other people, but um, success still... um, finding traction um, can take a little bit longer and to be prepared for that. Um, And also that there's surprises around every corner. Um, Surprises from the market, surprises from your product, surprises even from yourself. Um, So it's a, it's a fun journey. All right. And lastly, Jamie. I'll I'll build on what Megan said a little bit. Um, they call it the entrepreneurial roller coaster uh, for a reason. It's it's full of a ton of really big highs and, and really big lows, and um, you know the surprises around every corner as well. So I, I would sum it up and say that you have to have a good amount of perseverance to withstand that. Um, I, I look at Elon Musk and what he's done, and and he's started many companies, and I think he describes it really well that you know starting a new company is like staring into the abyss and chewing glass, um, and a lot of times it can be like that. It's it's persevering through some of those really rough times to know that you're going to have some some great times, but it's it's a really hard road to to go down, um, but it also has a lot of great things that are about it. So I, I wouldn't change it. I think it's truly um, you know, living life to its fullest and, and uh, being able to experience those ups and downs. But uh, you've got to have the perseverance to make it through it. 
Yeah, that's great. Uh, you always hear that entrepreneurship is, it sounds a lot sexier than it actually is, that people don't, they don't anticipate some of the challenges that you're going to face and they just see it as a, you know, you get to write your own paycheck and decide your own hour. So um, thank you for speaking to some of the challenges as well. Wait, we get a paycheck for doing this? I, I, I missed that part. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Back to Zach. Can you tell us a little bit about Coplex Ventures, one of your newer projects? Sure. So it's it's shaping uh, shaping up as we go. But essentially, um, our, our accelerator model, our nine-month program, we do charge a fee. Uh, we're providing a whole bunch of resources and a, and a proven process for our founders. So it's a little bit more... Um, we play a little bit more of an active role in building startups as compared to a lot of the other accelerators that have either no fee or a very small fee. Um, so we're upfront about the fact that we do charge a fee. But in addition to the fee, uh, we take a warrant, a 5% warrant position in every company that we help to build. Uh, so that's a, a new a new effort that we've started this year. Um, it's been going really well so far, and it, it does a lot to align the interests of Coplex and our founders. And that's really what the upside of our business model is tied to. So we're only successful if our ventures are successful. So um, Coplex Ventures is essentially the um, the entity within Coplex that's um, that's holding those warrant strips. And then uh, the warrant strips also give us some additional rights to both maintain our pro rata position as well as to participate in future investment rounds with our startups that spin up well. So um, we've been shaping this and, uh, and working out that program for the most part of this year. Wonderful. And how about you, Jamie and Megan? Are there any exciting developments from your products that, that you can share at this time? Jamie, we'll start with you. Yeah, uh, a couple of exciting things. We uh, just reached 1,800 workers on our platform, which is pretty exciting. Uh, we've also got several exciting big client deals in the works right now. And uh, we just hired our third full-time employee and about to extend an offer to our fourth. So uh, things are, are really starting to pick up. Wonderful. Congratulations. And how about you, Megan? Well, congrats, Jamie. That's very exciting <laughs> to, to hear that Thank as you. an entrepreneur. I'm very excited for you. Um, well, in, in the latest development, I'm on a podcast. So there's that. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> um, no, we, um, we, we've had a, a, a nice uptick lately of uh, coaches joining the platform. We're almost, um, we're almost up to 60 uh, coaches who are interested in, in our platform. Um, and that's almost uh, way more than we really need for the amount of um, call flow that we have at this time. So it's really great to know that that's a healthy set of the marketplace. Um, and we've got nearly 100 users at this point calling in for calls. So um, really a fantastic uh, time um, and, and very quick uh, to, to find ourselves here in nine months. Um, and of course, we've got some um, interest bubbling up from um, possible investors. So we're really ready to possibly take this to the next level. So it's a very exciting time. Awesome. Well, congratulations to, to all three of you. Very, very exciting new developments. Thank you. All right. So the last question is a popular topic, founder failures. Can you share a mistake or challenge you've encountered as a founder and how you've bounced back? And let's start with you, Megan. I feel like there's been so many humbling moments. <laughs> um, but um, outside of humbling moments, you know, I was trying to think of, of something where it was it was a failure. Um, and, um, and and that's with, of course, the best of intentions. Right. I mean, entrepreneurs don't don't mean to fail, but it's it's part of it. And it's a great part of it. Um, and um, 
I, I was remembering our very first moments of uh, during our, during our first launch. And, um, I had, you know, probably 10 coaches on call. Everybody was trained, ready to go. Uh, you know, all systems go, everybody ready to take calls. We start running the ads and we got our first call in about the first five minutes. And uh, my head was going to explode. I just thought, that's it. I'm going straight to the top of, you know, the food chain cover of Forbes. Here we go. And I, um, I saw through the, our back end, the um, name of the caller come through and it was my best friend. So, um, <laughs> um, and that was about the only calls we got over the next two weeks was from friends, <laughs> supportive friends. Uh-huh. So, um, um, and you know, it's just that sort of, uh, optimism that you start off with. Um, and that I think over the next few cycles of testing, I've, I've learned to scale back on because it was costing me a lot of money to have coaches on call. Um, and so a, a big breakthrough for me was um, actually beginning to run experiments without any coaches, which um, seemed very inauthentic to me, which was uh, is, is a very big term in coaching. Um, but I, it was a big breakthrough for me as an entrepreneur to understand that um, in in trying to really uh, nail the value prop, the messaging, and, and the market, getting all of those things right was uh, the key to being able to help a lot of people. And so, um, you know, being able to drive money into advertising and um, other kinds of things instead of having all these coaches waiting for people to help people um, uh, was was probably in the near term the, the best thing that we could do. Um, and so, you know, the very few sacrificial lambs that we did have, um, who we wound up being too busy to talk to, um, they, they essentially have helped um, usher in, um, you know, uh, a, a, a bigger product down the road. So um, that was a, a very big f- failure learning moment and breakthrough for me as an entrepreneur. Very cool. And uh, how about you, Jamie? Yeah. So when we initially started Quick, we, we did a lot of research and talking to hotels about what type of staff they really needed. What was their, their biggest problem? And it actually ended up being housekeeping. And so we originally launched the company with a housekeeping focus, which made a lot of sense to me. Um, every single hotel has housekeepers. Um, and, you know, as you look at food and beverage, it's a, it's a smaller subset of hotels that, that actually have that. Um, and housekeepers are needed a lot based upon room occupancy rates as well. So the uh, more rooms that are sold, the more housekeepers they need. And it's, it's a very large employee population at any hotel. So we went kind of fully dedicated on the housekeeping front and uh, signed up about 130 housekeepers over the uh, first four to five weeks that uh, we were, we, since we launched. We ended up running into a whole slew of issues with housekeeping, um, both on the worker side and on the business side, because we've got to continue to look at the supply and the demand in, in the two-sided marketplace. And ultimately, you know, came through and, you know, had a list of about 15 different issues that, you know, some we thought we might be able to fix and some that we just thought were, you know, not going to be able to overcome. Um, so... We ended up pivoting the entire company and said, all right, we're going to focus on the second biggest use case, and, and that was food and beverage. Um, the, the really cool thing about you know running into this challenge, and, and I wouldn't necessarily call it a failure because that's, that's what you're 
really aiming to do at this stage of a company is to achieve validated learning and, and figure out, you know, if your hypotheses are true. And we figured out that on the housekeeping side, that wasn't necessarily true, that we could solve that uh, problem, but we, we thought we could on, on the other side uh, with food and beverage. So working with Coplex, we pivoted the entire company in a matter of two days, um, went from a housekeeping company to a food and beverage company with a brand new website and new jobs and new ads out there to attract workers. And while we had signed up, uh, you know, 130 or so housekeepers over four to five weeks, we launched with a food and beverage focus and we signed up 300 housekeepers in the first week that we you know, after we pivoted. Um, and it just continued to, to go from there. We've also got a lot more um, excitement on the demand side with the businesses on, on that side as well. So it's, uh, it was a very early challenge and stumbling block that we faced, which, um, you know, I think without good perseverance, you could look at that and say, oh, well, you know, that's what everyone said we needed and we can't do that. And, you know, we're going to fold up shop or do whatever. But it's uh, it was something that we were able to learn from and, and recover from. And with Coplex help do it relatively fast as well. Awesome. I love that kind of being able to to pivot when needed um, kind of sounds like it relates all back to that whole lean startup model. So very cool. All right, Zach, let's end with you. Can you share a mistake or challenge you've encountered and how you bounce back? Sure. I've had a whole bunch of these. We could probably have a whole hour long podcast to talk about them. Um, I'll, I'll continue the, the conversation around a pivot um, as I think that's been one of our own big internal learning lessons. So I, um, I came in into Coplex in 2012. I was an interim CEO for about a year, became a full-time CEO or a uh, kind of permanent CEO in 2013. Um, we had about 30 full-time employees at the time, run the company for a couple of years. And in 2016, um, we, uh, I had the opportunity to actually buy the company from the partners. So I went out and raised a little bit of money, um, both debt and equity, purchased the company from the founders. And I had this vision of really pivoting Coplex to this structured nine-month accelerator program model to help industry experts start tech companies. And at the time, whereas we were doing a, a good amount of that, it was a very small percentage of the business. Uh, so our overall revenue makeup, we were doing um, around three hundred and fifty to $400,000 a month in revenue. And we were only doing about 50000 a month in revenue for, call it the industry experts starting tech companies. And we came up with a um, in retrospect, aggressive plan to wind down the um, all of the kind of traditional project work that we were doing and replace it entirely with this industry expert starting tech company thing in 12 months. Um, let's just say it was a little a little bit aggressive. Um, so we um, continued with that plan. I actually hit target for about five months somehow um, back in, in 2000, early 2016. And uh, all of a sudden, in December, we um, we had a terrible month. Um, not too many people were starting startups around Christmas time. We continued to struggle to grow that side of the business fast enough to make up for the lost business on the other side. And um, I think in December, we clocked about $210,000 in revenue. So we'd essentially um, um, downgraded our revenue about 50%. And we still had the overhead of a $400,000 a month revenue company. So we started burning a whole bunch of cash, and uh, it was early in 2017. Um, I got the call from our controller that we were about 60 grand short for hitting payroll on Wednesday. Um, so 
basically had to bust out all of my credit cards, max out every personal credit card that I had, um, and put in the dreaded call to my investor to ask for a loan so we could hit payroll. Um, so we had some really hard times in um, kind of early 2017. And uh, fortunately, we were able to, to make it through and continued to grow the startup program side of the biz. But um, ended up taking us a year and a half, almost two years to, to fully replace the revenue and get back to a stable cash position. Um, so we really um, learned a whole lot and we, we made a pivot, but we were a little too aggressive in our pivot with a pretty good size small business. Mm-hmm. And it ended up uh, creating a lot of a lot of pain and struggle for a while. But happy to say that we've made it made it through that that tough spot and uh, and succeeded in the in the transition. Yeah, thanks for sharing that. Well, thank you everyone so much for being on the podcast today, sharing your startup stories and and your experience about Coplex. We so appreciate you being here. And thank you again, Zach and Coplex for supporting um, this podcast. Literally wouldn't be possible without you. So, So yeah, thank you so much everyone for being here today. Thank you, Lauren. It's been great. Thanks for having us, Lauren. Please share this episode with your friends and subscribe to TechConnect on Apple Podcasts app or wherever you listen to podcasts to get alerted of future episodes. If you know someone that should be featured on TechConnect or have a question, please visit aztechcouncil.org and follow us on Twitter and Facebook. Hashtag TechConnectAZ.